Welcome to Happy Inside, it's Michelle here, bringing you nine years of clinical experience in gut-focused therapy and embodied psychotherapy. We're talking about the behavioral and psychological aspects of illness, gut disorders, chronic conditions, chronic stress and anxiety. All those conversations you've been waiting to have are happening here. start off today by saying hello to you, to the person that's listening to this. You might have your headphones in or it might be playing through the speaker or maybe you're taking a walk right now or you're lying in bed or, you know, you've got me on in the background while you're cooking dinner. I really want to say hello and thank you and welcome. Because it's you that I'm here for. I want to bring as much value to your life as I can because, you know what, life is hard, right? And so if I've got some little tricks and tools and strategies and things that I've done the hard yards either with myself or with my clients to figure out, you know, to make life a little bit easier, then I want to offer that to you as well. So today, we're going to be talking about behavior shaping, and that can be about anything at all, so many things. Um, It is really any behavior you have in your life that, you know, could be afforded some change, some adaptation, maybe to be more effective. And behavior shaping requires for us to have some self-awareness. So I'm going to take you through the steps. But I want to start off with sharing a quote from the American actress Lily Tomlin, who says, self-discovery is not always good news. (laughs) I just love the honesty in that. It's so good because it's so true. You know, we we got to lighten up a little bit and and kind of be gentle and soft on ourselves and take things with a grain of salt and realize, yep, there's – I'm going to put my own hand up. There's a lot of things, you know, that I recognize in myself like, oh, not so great or, you know, I really want to change that to be better or more in line with this or that. Um, and so it does kind of take, you know, looking back at yourself um, and recognizing that there are some things that might not be as effective as they could be essentially. So we're going to look at those now. So behavior shaping is hard. (laughs) Here's some more truth. I'm not going to lie to you. It is actually really, really hard. And the reason for that is behaviors are often deeply ingrained in us. Like, you know, they're from way back, way, way, way back. And they're wired into our nervous system. They're wired into our neurology, into our neurotransmitters. 
um, our emotions, our thought processes, I mean, they are really deep in there. So behavior change and behavior shaping is quite hard, but not impossible. And here's the other great thing. It's actually wildly rewarding. Well, that's my experience anyway. (laughs) I don't know. You can give me some feedback whether you find, um, yeah, you find it rewarding as well. So the reason why behavior change is hard is that, well, let's go through. We've, we've got So what I'm going to do is go through really uh, the overview um, of why it's hard and what it requires of you, and then we're going to break it down using some examples. So that behavior change or shaping is hard because it requires you, first of all, to have awareness of those behaviors that are unhelpful. Um, that are ineffective or they might even be damaging to you or damaging to other people. It then requires you to establish your objective. So what is it that you actually want? And what is it that maintains your sense of self-respect and self-worth at the same time, you know, when you're um, essentially acting on emotion or when you're relating to somebody else or when you're responding so what is it that maintains your own well-being at the same time? And then it's to acknowledge those old behaviors that I mentioned before are really deeply ingrained. They're kind of emotionally loaded, right? They're really powerfully compelling. I mean, emotions and feelings are much stronger than thoughts. <laughs> so know that going into this because then you can go, a little bit easier on yourself. And this is why sometimes, you know, cognitive behavior therapy can be quite hard um, because you're essentially um, changing behavior. Um, You're trying to use cognitive processes to change that behavior, which is what we're going to be doing here today. Um, And so you're using (laughs) something that's not quite as strong to try and change something that is powerful um, and really compelling in your life but we can do it as I mentioned before it's possible so then the next step is really um, to notice your urges um, and urges that continue that behavior Um, so you'll have urges they're the really strong powerful compelling feelings that I'm talking about those urges will arise And they need to be acknowledged and validated and soothed in order for you to not act on them. And the next step, we've got to remember that the urge will pass. So you won't have to feel this for the rest of your life because it feels like it for sure. We'll go through that later. Then we're going to apply some self-validation for choosing actions and behaviors um, that are actually congruent with your values and with your objective. And then we're going to do some opposite action, which means we're not going to act on those urges at all. And then we're going to repeat everything consistently (laughs) because um, we're shaping behavior, right? And shaping behavior um, requires some consistency and commitment. And, you know, there's like this 
pot of gold that comes out of the end of that, which is this idea of self-mastery. So you're really mastering changing that behavior in yourself. I mentioned we would use an example. So we all eat, right? (laughs) So I thought we'd use food as an example Um, because it's going to relate to a lot of people Um, whether you have a good relationship with food or a not so good one, whether you're trying dietary interventions, whether those interventions aren't working or they are, whether you're just fed up with food, whether it causes you stress and anxiety, whether you can't be bothered eating, you can begin to see now (laughs) how much we kind of, you know, load on to the back or the shoulders of food. Yeah, the poor food, it gets a pretty bad rap sometimes. So let's begin um, with these steps that I just went through. So first of all, we need to have awareness of behaviors that are unhelpful or ineffective or damaging to us or to other people, right? So if we're thinking about food, we might ask ourselves when the urge arises to you know, walk to the cupboard or the like the pantry or the fridge. Do I know why I'm eating in the first place? So is this to curb hunger and provide energy and nutrient for my body or is it for unrelated reasons to that? Is it to emotionally soothe myself? Is it because I'm bored or I'm avoiding something or procrastinating or I'm trying to distract myself? Or is it giving me thinking time or a break from my work? You can see how many things might be related. And of course, you'll have your own ones. Some of those will probably sound familiar to you. Um, But there's going to be some more in there probably. So first of all, yet we're having awareness. Like why am I eating right now? What's happening for me? Or why do I want to eat? Why is that urge there? What's happening for me? So then we're going to establish your objective. So what is it that you actually want? And what is it that maintains your own self-respect and self-worth and well-being at the same time? So for the purpose of this, we'll say my objective is to eat a diet that brings me health and well-being physically and emotionally. So then we're going to move to the next step, which is acknowledge that old behaviors are probably ingrained and they're emotionally loaded and they're powerfully compelling. And so we're going to relate that to food. Okay, so food has successfully soothed me in the past. It does a good job at that. It's actually always available pretty much. It does the job and I know that it's something that I can rely on. It's also kind of socially acceptable and I can involve other people in my reliance of food. I mean, you only have to watch TV or a movie to see that, you know, when someone's upset, they bring out a bowl of ice cream or the tub of ice cream or, you know, cookies or something of that sort. We can also kind of acknowledge that it's rewarding to my senses, you know, when I eat food and it helps me forget how I was feeling and... It soothes my distress temporarily at least or it helps break up my day. It gives me a break to get away from the computer or away from the desk um, or something else to do. 
it's actually really critical that you know what outcome you're getting from that behavior, so those urges, so that you can acknowledge and validate that within yourself. And we're talking about kindness here. No finger wagging and shaming yourself. Be gentle. So we're going to you know, tease this apart. We're unpacking it so that we can really see what draws you to repeat this behavior repetitively. You know, why you're staying in this pattern. So you'll want to ask yourself things like, you know, when the urge comes up, <laughs> when you're kind of magnetically drawn to the fridge, is this meeting my objective? Remembering my objective is to eat a diet that brings me health and well-being physically and emotionally. Well, that's a big fat no. The answer is no. If I'm getting up to eat because, I don't know, I need a break from the computer or like I'm, I want to distract myself from something else, the answer is no. That is not serving me emotionally. So we know that, so we look at the next step. The next step is about the urges that I keep talking about because these urges will continue um, to arise, you know, and push you towards that behavior. And they need to be acknowledged and validated and self-soothed so that you don't act on them. We're not talking here about kind of cracking a whip at yourself and pushing all those urges aside and overriding them and, you know, trying to stuff them down and hide them under the stairs. <laughs> that doesn't work, actually, because you're a human being and you're complex and you have lots of needs and feelings and desires and wants and you want to be seen and heard. We all want that for ourselves. So we're going to do it right now. This is a really important step because the longer you've been doing this behavior, the more ingrained and probably even unconscious this behavior will be to you. And this is a step that you need to repeat over and over and over whenever you feel the urge arise. So if you feel the urge arise to reach for that food and the urge is not because you're fulfilling energy and nutrition requirements, then you just pause and you recognize the urge, and you validate the urge. You might say to yourself in your head, or I recommend out loud, here's that really powerful urge in me to eat another serving of last night's leftover lasagna. (laughs) And wow, does it have a strong pull to it. Oh my gosh, it feels almost impossible to resist. This is actually quite hard. It's maybe even painful for me to sit here with this feeling, with this urge that's overwhelming. What else is going on for me right now? Oh, I'm feeling anxious actually. And I don't want to feel anxious. And I know that if I eat that lasagna, I'll forget about my anxiety for a short amount of time. And you know what? That's good enough for me. I can just go back later and get some more lasagna or some chocolate or whatever else there might be. And I can temporarily avoid my anxiety bit by bit by bit. Okay, so I'm anxious. Well, is that really meeting my objective, you know, about a diet that brings me health and well-being physically and emotionally? Mm, No. 
So what's going on here? I'm anxious. I want to reduce the anxiety. Okay, so this is about anxiety, not about food. What am I anxious about? You might not know or you might know very specifically what it is or it might be about your whole life in general. But remember that the urge will pass. You won't have to feel this urge for the rest of your life. It's, it's not permanent at all. Those urges are so powerful and we think, oh my, this is it. I'm just going to be stuck with this for the next 45 years. I mean, that's overwhelming to think about, right? But it's actually false information. And it's therefore no wonder you're so reactive to it. If you believe that unless you act on this urge right now to get rid of it, then it's going to last forever, well, then of course you're going to act on it. Of course, you're human, right? You want to feel good. You want to feel better. So, of course, you're going to act on that urge. But if you know this urge won't last forever, it'll pass, then it's more manageable, right? Already it's more friendly. You just have to get through this urge right now in this moment. That's it. And how do we do that? Well, you know, we've been acknowledging and validating and now we move into opposite action. So opposite action is doing the complete opposite of what that urge wants you to do and doing the complete opposite 100%. It's not 50%. It's not, yeah, you know, I'm not going to eat the lasagna, but I'm going to go to the fridge and, um, you know, I don't know, get a make a glass of warm milk or um, eat something else that might seem healthy. Maybe I'm going to eat a carrot and a stick of celery. Because if you do, you're still giving in to the urge. You've just adapted it, that's all. You've kind of snuck your way around it. But the goal here is to shape your behavior so that you don't kind of acquiesce, you know, give in to that urge. Because you're building new pathways. And when you're doing that, you're building self-mastery. You're increasing your own self-esteem and self-worth and self-respect. So you do the opposite of what your urge is urging you to do. And it's the complete opposite. So you're not even thinking about the lasagna. You've got to turn your mind towards something else. And remind yourself at the same time what your initial objective is, to eat a diet that brings me health and well-being physically and emotionally. So if you're not building yourself to be emotionally strong and resilient, if you're actually soothing that anxiety that you're feeling with food, um, what you end up doing is actually diminishing those strengths that will be so much better for you. And of course, when you build yourself to be emotionally strong and resilient, then you won't have those urges to reach for food to help you when you're feeling anxious. <laughs> so opposite action all the way, 100%. And then you're going to apply some self-validation for choosing actions and behaviors that are actually in line with your objective and your values. So you choose your opposite action and then you do it. 
That's important. Don't just think it. You actively do it with 100% participation. And then you acknowledge the alignment that with your objective, you know. So, okay, I, you know, this was my object, objective to start off and I've now chosen not to go to the fridge and get that extra piece of lasagna. I've incited, decided instead to do the opposite of that. So I'm not going to go there at all. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to um, read a book for 10 minutes. Um, I'm going to do some skipping in the backyard, you know, something else, right? So you're going to acknowledge that, um, that you're not giving in to the urge and that you've maintained your objective, which is physical and emotional well-being. And then because we're shaping behavior and behavior happens all the time, it's wired into us, we're going to repeat all the above consistently (laughs) because essentially you got to do this whenever the urge arises. Now, if you're lucky and that urge only arises once a day, then that's super easy for you. But if you're human, (laughs) if this behavior is deeply ingrained in you, I guarantee it is going to arise many more times a day. So let's say it's nine times a day. Then you commit to shaping your behavior every single time because those behaviors are deeply ingrained, which means you don't want to let the old ones in there very often because they're deeply grooved, right? We've got to forge new pathways. Your best success is going to be when you can work these steps as often as possible, as often, like every time. This is what I'm talking, every time. And the thing is, when you kind of work these steps, um, it seems like, you know, right now you probably have to put the podcast back on or take notes and figure out, okay, you know, what are all these steps that I need to do? And you'll have to kind of mechanically go through them and do them one at a time. But as you do them repetitively and, you know, nine times a day is pretty repetitive, you're going to learn them pretty quickly and you'll just breeze through them. So they're not clunky anymore. They're just, yeah. They're just going to kind of, they might even kind of blend together a little bit and be this seamless process. You'll probably end up being able to drop a few steps, you know. Um, So it will get easier, I guarantee you. And it's so rewarding. I mentioned this back at the beginning. It is deeply rewarding. You know, when you come out the other end of this with your self-esteem and your self-worth intact, your self-respect, automatically... Those attributes have you making better choices for yourself anyway because you feel good and you want to keep feeling good. And you know what? You deserve to feel good about yourself. So breaking this down and nutting it out and establishing what's not working and what you want and how to get there is actually really exciting. I mean, it lights me up. Um And it means that you get to shape yourself to be the person who you truly value. And and that's important. You want to get through your life valuing who you are. Now, as always, I'm available to walk right beside you and to facilitate this process for you. 
I'd be absolutely honoured. Hey, it's me again. Thank you so much for taking the time today to foster a happy inside for yourself. There's a few other ways that you can engage, you can get in contact. Uh, I'll be quick. There's the ratings and reviews for both the podcast that you're listening to now and the Happy Inside iPhone app. You can also jump on to the website, happyinside.com.au, sign up for the newsletter, see the links for Facebook and Instagram pages, and also book one-on-one consultations with me, which are exclusively online across the world. I'm right here for you.